I'm really passionate about helping people really step into a role of an influencer, step into the role of somebody that's really good at what they do. And, you know, you don't, people don't assign you that role. You have to take it. Podcast Junkies, episode 158. We are just humming along. My name is Harry. Last name Duran. I wonder if that would be a good name for a spy, Harry Duran. Double O, double, <laughs> my podcasting alter ego. Anyway, um, I digress. How are you? How's everything? Missed you guys. Did you catch uh, last week's episode with Charles Beckwith? That was so awesome. He is such a connector and such a uh, shoot from the hip kind of guy. I really had a smile on my face when I was listening to that, re-listening to that. And it was interesting because he's... He always, it seems like he has his pulse on technology back to his uh, his hacking ethos or, or, or his tech or geek ethos. Um, he, he mentioned uh, that newsletter, that magazine, 2600. That's seriously like you get hacking credentials if you know what that means. <laughs> it was really, really good. I hope you uh, enjoyed that conversation. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Karen Yankovic. And Karen and I met at uh, MapCon. Shout out to Joe Pardo. Uh, so many good good friends and connections and past guests have come from that conference. And so Karen and I, we we at a we're at a table where I had people uh, talk about their podcast. It was during one of the lunch breaks, and her expertise is in, in using LinkedIn to get new clients. And she talks uh, at the beginning about why she changed her mind on the importance of her production quality when it came to her podcast. She recounts one of a couple of uh, podcast faux pas she committed. She talks a little bit about her days working in corporate America and how she shifted to working in digital marketing. We reminisce a bit about the East Coast, uh, Northeast Coast. She grew up in New Jersey. And uh, she discusses how some people thought she was crazy for leaving her six-figure part-time job. We talk about the creative streak that runs through her and how she's always had that. And why, as we mentioned with LinkedIn, she feels it's not only important for for corporations, but for entrepreneurs as well, and how it can be useful for podcasters. So this one is really interesting because it's a bit more tactical. We always have fun because that's what we do on this show. There's some tips that you can actually take away, and I'm really interested to what, you, uh, what your take is going to be on some of the stuff she's sharing with us. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Movement, newest sponsor for the show. Thank you so much, guys, for supporting the show. I'm really, really happy uh, to have you as a sponsor. You're going to be joining over 2,000 podcasters from around the world in Philadelphia. It's going to be July 24th through the 26th, three days of workshops and panels and parties. And yes, I can vouch for the awesomeness of the parties. The conference is going to cover over 100 sessions on topics ranging from the, the technical aspects, uh, audio production, marketing, monetizing, all sorts of good stuff. It's so been so much fun to watch this conference grow from a Kickstarter event to what it is now going into year five. I'm going to be proudly be wearing my five-year badge in Philadelphia. So let's ring in the Liberty Bill together. Head on over to podcastmovement.com. Use coupon code podcastjunkies to receive your discount on the tickets. This episode is also brought to you by Podbean. Did you know that Podbean has a podcast advertising marketplace? It's a free way to earn money through sponsorship on your podcast. They've got great sponsorships opportunities. You're always in control of the ads, so you can accept the ones you like and you can customize where the ads appear, pre, mid, and post. 
There's a nice form on the Podbean site at sponsorship.podbean.com, and it'll give you an estimate of how much you can earn through sponsorship on your podcast. So you should give that a spin and calculate that and see how, how much you could possibly earn depending on the traffic you're getting for the show. You can head on over to that link or the main link at podbean.com slash podcast junkies and let them know Harry sent you. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode where we reveal the retention hashtag, but you should just sit back, kick your heels up and enjoy this fun and entertaining and educating conversation with Karen. So Karen Yankovic, host of Good Girls Get Rich. Thank you so much for joining me on Podcast Junkies. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Harry. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so why don't you tell the story of how we met? Because I, I think it's always interesting. I always end up telling it, but I think just to mix things up, um, I, it, it's nice to hear other people tell the experience and see if yeah. it's any different from what I remember. <laughs> yeah. So I've been a podcast wannabe for years. Yeah. And um, a good friend of mine does a, a pretty successful podcast. Shell Hamilton does meditation minis. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, she mentioned to me about the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. So I was going to go. I think I bought a ticket and everything. And then I just couldn't go at the last minute. And it was like maybe the first year that, that they did it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't go, but I have been in the, you know, in the group and kind of peripherally kind of watching it all. And, you know, I really, 2018, I was determined I was going to get my podcast up and running in this year. And, and we could talk about all of that. But I uh, saw the Mid-Atlantic podcast came out with a speaker call. And I'm like, all right, well, maybe that'll get my kick me in the butt to get the podcast done. So I responded to it um, because I do do a lot of talk to podcasters mm-hmm. um, about LinkedIn and social media. So I'm like, well, maybe they'll, maybe that would be interesting there. So, you know, they did ask me to come in and do that. So it brought me to the conference, which is how I met you. But it was yeah. really interesting because I didn't even have a podcast. I think I had one episode recorded mm-hmm. at the time of the conference. So talk about divine timing because you and everybody else there were so generous with your support and my millions of questions and um, really made a huge impact in me getting getting off of my butt and getting this live. So thank you. But it was really fun. To, it was kind of a little bit weird to be there, like in this room full of people that all know each other from podcasting yeah. forever. And then I'm there like, not only am I speaking, but I don't even really have a podcast yet. But uh, it was fun. And everybody was so, so kind and generous and helpful. Well, I think it's a matter of, you know, there's, it sounds like there's parts of that where you were getting out of your comfort zone. Um, and we've all been there before. I mean, I just, I was, funny enough, this topic came up because I just interviewed Cliff Ravenscraft and my regular listeners will know that he's one of the speakers that I saw at NMX in 2014 who inspired me to start Podcast Junkies. And I felt probably what you 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 were feeling at, at MapCon. I felt that in 2014, I showed up, I didn't I wanted to start a podcast about a different topic and I was just like overwhelmed by all the people there that have been doing it. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is so inspiring. And, you know, fast forward three and a half years, 150 episodes. So, you know, you'll be there as well. And I think um, it's just sometimes you just got to recognize the phase that you're at in, in your in your podcasting journey and, you know, with other journeys as well. But and realize like we've all been there. So it's it's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, thank you for saying that. It does help. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. And, you know, there was some major takeaways that I think got me out of my comfort zone, but also almost like back into my comfort zone because it allowed me to kind of, I just was putting all these obstacles in my way, you know, Mm -hmm. that didn't need to be there. So once I, you know, once I 
I met you all and saw the dedication you guys had primarily to the audio quality, mm -hmm. which is not something I had really given as uh, the, the thought that it needed to have towards it. Um, yeah. It really changed a lot in my in my path. So let's talk a little bit about that because I, I, I love, you know, as my show matures and I, I had, it's interesting when I started out, I said, I'm only going to interview podcasters who've been, who've had 50 episodes because I, I just want to hear those stories. And then I started speaking to a couple of podcast producers. I had the opportunity to talk to Brendan McDonald, who produces Mark Maron's show. So I was like, well, he's not a podcaster, but he's the producer. So I, and it's Mark Maron's show. So I got to talk to him. And then just people that run networks like Hernan Lopez. And then I realized, I think I was limiting myself and, and you know, my, my idea of what, what I want the show to be, and this is something for you to keep in mind as well, like what you think the show is when you start could be different than how it matures and how it evolves because you start realizing there's other ways you can serve your audience. Um, and, yeah, and, and, I love and, that. And so, you know, that's something to keep in mind. So um, so let's dig into that a little bit because I think now I, I love the fact that I can mix in like the, su the super veterans and then the people who are literally just getting started because I think listeners are going to be able to relate to different parts of the story. And I know that there's there's a listener now, I'm speaking to you, I'm talking into your ear directly. You're actually listening to Karen and you're saying, wait, that's me. You know, and, and I've been and I've been on the fence and I've been thinking I've had those same thoughts that Karen is expressing. So let's let's dive into that a little bit. So talk a bit about why you've had the mind shift in uh, equipment or uh, production quality. You know why? Well, because my background is social media and marketing. Right? right. So for me, I was looking it to me. It The reason I wanted to move to a, a podcast was more about content. I really wanted a new way to get content out there. I was getting bored with blogging and I, you know, I, I realized there's an, there's an importance to consistent content output. So I really wanted to, to do that. And I had, you know, my social media brain was on. I was like, okay, if I podcast, then I can video them all and that can be on YouTube and they can be here and I can do this. And I had this like, you know, 95,000 step process laid out and, and it wasn't happening because I had too many things going on. And when I was listening to you guys saying, you know, like, it's all about the audio, I, I immediately made the decision. I think my poor assistant got more text messages from me during MapCon because I was just like, I just kept downloading to her. Like, you'll, I'll make you, I'll, I'll make you understand all of these things later. But I just yeah. want to get all this, con this information to you. And I just said, forget video. We're just going to go with audio. And you know, I do want to incorporate video at some point, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I wasn't really taking into consideration that it wasn't from the from my listeners. And I was thinking about it from my end, not my listener's end, right? Yeah. So that's the shift that I think I really made was, you know, for me, I, of course, everything I do is for my audience, right? The content is for my audience, but I think of it from a marketing perspective. And, and the shift that I made was from their end, like, what are they going to want from me? And what they're going to want from me, they don't care if I put video or not out. They're going to yeah. want to be able to listen to it. They're going to want good audio. They're going to want good content. Um, they're going to want a good user experience, right? So there was, you know, even the guests on my show, there was people talking about the guest experience um, there. So there was, so it really reminded me that, you know, the podcast isn't, you know, who the podcast is really about. And it's about the people listening, not about me and my marketing. So that's the biggest shift I think that, that that made. And that's why I came to that shift. And, and that to me was stop worrying about the video, stop worrying about a studio and lights and, you know, everything else and just get a great microphone and start talking into it, yeah. you know? And, um, and that even took me a while for those of you that are new, I have, I'm on, I have nine, I think I just released episode eight. Yes. So I got this pot, this, this microphone, just a simple audio technique. It wasn't a ton of money, but I couldn't figure it out. And I was on a, it was with somebody that, um, 
that I met at MapCon, and I was like, I don't know what's wrong. I had no idea that at the bottom of the microphone was the place to plug in the headset jack. So I was like, I don't understand why people, why I can't hear anything, you know? And I literally went did like three episodes with my Apple earbuds, even though I had all the equipment, because I just didn't know what I was doing wrong, you know? And I mean, I'm pretty geeky. I'm pretty techie. I'm, you know, I can figure, I just didn't occur to me to look at the bottom of the microphone and to realize there was an input jack there for the, you know, for the, for the, for me to hear the, so it was just, you know. So those are the kind of crazy things that that I did that that I did. But now I'm starting to get in the groove and I'm starting to, you know, get do this a little bit more uh, efficiently. It's funny because the video, because every single podcaster, I think I did too for like maybe like a, a couple of days. I was like, I'm going to do video. It's going to be great. It's going to be on YouTube. And then I'm like, who's going to edit this video? I'm not a video editor. <laughs> and God, God forbid the first time yeah. you have a, a bump or I mean like a, a hiccup or something and you're like, oh, that needs to come out. Audio, I mean, over time it gets easier, but video is a whole nother animal i mean it's like the the yeah. the ban- the the bandwidth and the processing power it takes to just edit audio and just i tried it a couple of times and i was like this this is not my genius at all so well that's exactly it and I, it, the audio editing is not my genius either so thank right. goodness i found somebody to help me with that so so it just would be it would literally just be another expense to me because i wouldn't be doing it i'd be paying mm-hmm. somebody to do it and yeah. um you know the issue with it is though and you know so initially i had when i first started talking about the podcast i had an assistant who was just out of college mm-hmm. and really socially savvy. I mean, she was a genius with social media. She had, she graduated with a communications and social media and marketing degree and did five years. I like got a second degree. So she mm. had, she'd never listened to a podcast. Oh, She's wow. like, I don't even know how to listen to a podcast. So I was like, okay. So that's why I kind of thought like they listen to their content on YouTube. But then I really realized that that's not really who my audience is. My audience really isn't the, you know, the 23 year old right out of college. I think if they want to listen, there's lots of good information in the show for them. Yeah. But I kind of had to think about that. So that's why I was moving it to YouTube, not for the purposes of, you know, of anything other than maybe reaching an audience that maybe I wouldn't reach in the podcast player. So let's talk about who your audience is and why that's important and how that drives, you know, the content you create week over week. Yeah. So, so my audience, you know, in general, entrepreneurs and small business owners, I do. And, and my, my expertise, like when, when people call me in to speak for things, when you, you know, when, when you look me up, my expertise, I talk about LinkedIn. That's really what I'm known for is, Mm -hmm. you know, helping businesses use LinkedIn to get new clients. But LinkedIn isn't in a silo. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, it's not just LinkedIn. And the reason, by the way, that I, I, I lean to LinkedIn is because if you're doing podcasting, you're, you're in the digital marketing world, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to somebody wanting to throw your name in a Google search and link your LinkedIn profile is what will come up. So I'm really passionate about helping people really step into a role of an influencer, step into the role of somebody that's really good at what they do. And, you know, you don't, people don't assign you that role. You have to take it. You have to kind of walk into it and take it and own it. And then, you know, you have to be able to deliver, but you, you know, you have to, you have to own it. So, so that's why I love LinkedIn because that's a place where you can start to do that. But when I thought about doing a podcast, the thought of doing a podcast just about LinkedIn really just kind of bored me. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that just didn't really what I want to do, but I wanted to try to stay true to my LinkedIn roots. So so I leaned towards, well, what am I doing with LinkedIn? I'm helping people really establish a really confident brand so that they can elevate their income, so that they can use this tool really profitably. And so that's it's really not talking, I guess, I guess, as much about the audience as about the the, the reason for the podcast. Mm-hmm. But but turning that around a little bit, the audience then is the 
is the entrepreneurs and small business owners that don't understand how to use some of these social media and marketing and online digital tools to really elevate their brand and elevate their business. So, you know, that's really the, that's who I'm really looking for. Um, I, you know, it's called good girls get rich, but it's really not just about women. The reality is women need this often more than men. It's not, it's often not the men that I'm going to and saying, Mm. you have to tell people how great you are. Mm -hmm. It's more the women. So, and because I am a woman, I can relate to that more, but it's definitely all of us. It definitely, you know, my audience, um, is while it's primarily women, there's a lot of men that are listening and getting a lot of great feedback from men as well. Um, hopefully inspiring them to take control of their branding online and to really, um, really elevate it to, to a point that, uh, sorry, my dog has decided to stand next to me and play with the noisiest toy she has. I was going to ask, I was going to, I was going to ask you as soon as you were done with that thought and and it's totally fine. And we're going to, we're going to leave this in because this is awesome. (laughs) Um, and, and regular listeners, Right. Podcast, uh, podcast trial, trials pod, and tribulations. Well, podcast reality, because I, I could tell I, I could tell that you were trying to get your thought finished. Right. As <laughs> One hand was I could see that one hand was down. Like, right. but, that's so funny because I, I mean, everyone knows. Like, like, find the noisiest toy. So now the now my podcast rules are turn off your cell phone, turn off your cell phone, hide all the noisy dog toys. And I, have, I mean, the listeners will, will know that I uh, Disco is, is always barking every once in a while. So if the mailman comes or something like that so they hear that and i think it's it's funny because it's real life like i mean and this is the things as podcasters like um and that's why my listeners like the fact that i I just leave it in because it's like oh okay you know harry's not trying to be perfect um yeah and sometimes i over i overdo it i i love telling the story of um i the ups guy rang and i was like ah shit the ups guy man and i got up i went over there and i was like dealing with that and my guest was on the phone he's like oh let me make a call while harry does that well i left that whole part in there (laughs) (laughs) and and a a, um, super fan like patrick keller and i think someone else um they're like harry did you mean to leave that in there and i was like ugh, it was just like i was having like a and that's why i don't do my editing anymore because i was like okay that's the last straw (laughs) like i am not because i was just like kind of paused i think while i was going to do that and i missed taking it out so and it, but that stuff happens like you know we're not NP, right. we're not npr right. um, and, exactly yeah. exactly and this is the show mm-hmm. like uh, where we can kind of like commiserate with that sort of stuff you know this granted for your show you'd probably like edit that out and stuff you know if you, if you were having you know what maybe maybe not <laughs> i actually my second no my fourth show yeah. i was interviewing uh, marcia shander who i adore and she's sharing all this genius and the next morning i was leaving for portland and my iphone was dead and my new iphone was being delivered and verizon wireless requires a signature oh, yeah. so i couldn't miss the ups guy so same thing so i knew i had to take it so i thought i hit mute <laughs> as i'm walking and i'm letting her talk and i'm just letting her talk while i'm walking around with my ipad and letting and hit mute and of course i didn't hit mute and there's all this noise and all this background noise so i just i, I had to leave it in because her stuff was great yeah. so i just put something in the intro saying you know um explaining that exact story yeah. explaining like well you know i thought i hit mute but what you're yeah. hearing at minute whatever is me answering the ups guy because i had i couldn't mess i couldn't yeah. miss him are you using so, a call recorder with skype i'm not i'm using zoom okay using zoom. i'm okay. using zoom right now just because it's easiest and i needed to do what was easy but zoom now allows you to record both sides of the conversation uh, well, it I didn't know that it ever didn't. Yeah, so I, mean, I think you could have okay. like if you I mean it's more editing work, but if you had to, you could always like cut out your part when you do the edit right. and just leave her part in there so. Yeah. 
So you're saying Zoom, I could set it up so that it's recording it separately, two separate yeah. Yeah, there's an files? Op- there's really? an op- yeah, there's an option. I didn't um, realize that. Yeah, afterwards, we could do a screen share or something. But afterwards, you'll you'll see that it has um, in the record section, in the preferences, recording, and there's options to uh, record both channels, both sides of the conversation. Oh, really? Tracks, I yeah. will... Oh, that's a great idea. I'm yeah. going to do that. I'm going to do that. That's good to know. Yeah. That's really good to know. <laughs> I, I, you know, another thing that kind of the universe coming together, like the universe came together and threw me at MapCon right when I needed to be there. Mm-hmm. And also one of my clients was working with a, with somebody, with an assistant, and it really wasn't working the way she wanted. And she's like, really what her strength is, is podcast editing. And I was like, hmm, really, can I get an intro? So I, you know, kind of tripped over just an amazing editor, audio mm. editor. I, I call her my producer yeah. because she does, you know, she's just been really, really good. And, um, you know, we're still getting the flow down, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm torturing her a little bit with too many last minute recordings, yeah. but, uh, I'm trying to, uh, get on top of that. So. Very good. So how, how far ahead do you plan your episodes? So, you know, I created a Google sheet and so my episodes I'm doing every other episode is a, is an interview. So I have a solo show and an interview. So my interviews are scheduled and they're not all recorded, but they're at least scheduled out almost to the end of March. Um, that's a lot. It is right. But but remember, I only need two a month. Right. So I've got, I've got them scheduled and I've got them recorded. I think through the end of, you know, for the next three, I think I have the next two or three recorded, but the solo shows are a killer because the show, I want them to be valuable. Um, and I, you know, and I've got a, I've got a, I have a template that I kind of laid out because I have a template that I use for webinars, right? So I'm kind of using the same template okay. for the solo shows because I want it, I want them to be kind of content driven. Yeah. So there's a topic and I want them to have three takeaways and I want to incorporate some kind of a story into it. So they, I literally have not gotten the final, not even the not final. I haven't gotten the first draft of the audio file for the episode that's releasing in four days yet <laughs> for my, but yesterday I spent, um, some time with my, I have another, I have a virtual assistant that works with my business in general. Mm-hmm. And we spent a couple hours yesterday mapping out shows. So I've got four more shows mapped out. She's doing some research around it to get me some statistics and stuff on it. And then I've got next Friday on my calendar to record those four shows. Okay. So I'm hoping to get a better jump on it because, I don't want, I feel like it's my, you know, I'm responsible for making sure that these people aren't my, that my team isn't scrambling to try to get things done on time. Right. I've got to get my part in, but I also want to make sure the episodes are good. So, so the solo shows are much more stressful for me to record than the, than the interview shows. And hopefully with this new process that we just put in place, I'll get a better jump on them. But I'd like, I don't want to be too far ahead. You know, I'd like to kind of be a month ahead. I want to be relevant. Right. So I don't want to be too far ahead. Um, but yeah, so right now I'm I'm about on the soul. I've got probably the two, three weeks, three more, um, guest episodes recorded. And then I've got some scheduled for January that are going to take me out beyond that. But the solo shows, <laughs> I don't even have another one. That's it. The one that's releasing next week I've, is recorded, and I don't have another one recorded yet. So it'll come I've up. Get a, uh, yeah. so one thing you want to be careful with the with that mic is if you, you touch it a lot, it's, it, it makes uh, no uh, more noise that's captured. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know what it is? I have this boom arm with it, and it doesn't stay down. Uh, if I let go of it, it just rises up. <laughs> so I got to hold it down so the microphone stays where I want it to be. The choice of podcasting. <laughs> it just like mysteriously rises. <laughs> You're gonna have to be standing soon, then. I know, I know. <laughs> Let me add that to my list of things to buy. <laughs> Where? So when? Um, talk a little bit. 
your how you got to your business and you know were, were, you, were you in corporate america before and you transitioned over yeah, I was in corporate America. I was in um, IT sales. Mm. Um, I I did you know wide area data networks. I owned a small um, consulting company in New Jersey, and we did you know sold phone systems and did data network design and voice network design and uh, agents for Verizon, and that's where my background was. And we closed that company a while back, and I just did consulting out of my house, just privately. And mm. one of my customers hired me um, part-time, and that led to full-time. And that's really attractive when you – and at the time, my kids were young. So, you know, that's attractive when you've got benefits to – you have to worry about benefits and keeping, you know, the roof over everybody's head. It was nice to have a regular paycheck. And I kept a couple of consulting clients, but I had one gigantic client that lasted like three years. And when that client ended, I just didn't want to get back into it. Like mm -hmm. I just was done with it. But yet I didn't want to, I really didn't want to stay where I was in the corporate, that in the, you know, the part-time job that I had either. So I started just messing around. I took some classes in online marketing and started to um, market some classes for a friend of mine who was doing some workshops and started doing some work, um, some stuff for my business. And really it kind of, is turned out to be my sweet spot. And people started literally coming to me and saying, how did you do this? Can you do it for me? And I still remember the first person that threw a check at me and said, just do it for me. Hmm. And eventually when people start throwing money at you, you start thinking, well, maybe I should shift my business, <laughs> yeah. right? So I have since shifted my business 100% to um, digital marketing. I don't, I, I've not been at that um, corporate job that I was, you know, part-time job that I was at. I left that about three years ago. Um, and I've been doing this 100% full-time since then. And I, I love it because it blends, you know, it, even though I always did it and techie stuff, I was always on the sales piece. Okay. So I was, you know, I was always in the sales and marketing piece of it. My dog is still running around like crazy. She has been sleeping. What's, what's your dog's all name? Day. Sadie. Sadie. What kind of dog is it? A toy and a, a Havanese. 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 Ha yeah. She, she's she like about the size of a Shih Tzu. She's like 11 pounds. You want to pick her up and show her? Sure. <laughs> okay. Not that you guys listening can actually uh, see what I'm seeing, but... Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> you noisy little thing, you. Uh, send me a photo. Take a photo. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> so, so, um, so, anyway. Yeah, so, I was, so I left her and I've been doing that full time ever yeah. since. Was that scary? Oh, my gosh. It was crazy scary. It was crazy scary. It was, you know, I had a business coach and she, I was, you know, prepared to do this. Really what happened though, Harry, was I was getting as my business, my business grew pretty fast and I was getting all these invitations to speak at places. So I was using all my vacation days and sick days and, and they didn't care at all. They knew I was doing this, but I was using all my time. I was out of sick days, like six months into the year mm. and taking unpaid days. Yeah. And that's when I said, I really have to make a choice. You know, it's really, I really had, I got to the point where I had to make a choice. Did I want to start giving up opportunities to speak all over the world or did I want to commute an hour and a half each day to work every day, you know? Um, so I just did it and I gave them like 60 days notice. And I, you know, I, I had this long thing and I had this vision of getting up in the morning and, you know, having beautiful breakfasts and doing yoga. And I mean, I'm barely showered by eight o'clock at night sometimes, you know, like you get up in the morning, you turn your computer on and you start working. Right. Yeah, so yeah, totally. uh, the vision that I had didn't exactly come to be, but it was, it was, you know, I, I, I did a lot of prep work for it, but I still wasn't prepared. There was still a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things that I had to, that I had to do that I wasn't prepared for. Well, I think entrepreneurs, people who are moving into this and I've been doing it full time for two years now, um, 
I, I, we don't know what we don't know. And I think, you know, I think what's important is to surround ourselves with like-minded folks because I'm sure you can relate. When I made the shift, uh, I was in corporate America for 20 plus years. And I talk about it a lot in, in, in the talks that I give. Like, I thought entrepreneurialism was, I don't know if, no, if that's the proper word, but just uh, like that was like the lemonade stand person or the like the person who's, you know, it, I just couldn't relate to what an entrepreneur does. And lots or, of people can't relate, yeah. right? Lots of people in my life still can't relate. Like, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> So. And so, yeah, and so then, then now I can't relate to corporate America anymore. <laughs> like, I like the, the idea of like, and yeah. thankfully, the last couple of years, I was I was working from home anyway, so I was sort of it was a nice transition because I didn't go from straight from cubicle to home office because that would have been a bit jarring, I'm sure. I thankfully I was in IT consulting, um, and I was um, I had a business where I, was, I would travel to clients, so you know sometimes I would be there, and then the other times I would be working from home, so. But it's interesting to it's important to surround yourself and and I'm wondering if if that's been helpful for you to surround yourself with like-minded folks and and I, I know attending the conferences helps a lot too. It's more than it's more than it's critical. Yeah. Because the people in my life who I love and they love me, they don't understand it. You know, like you go to a like like for example, going to Mapcon, right? I didn't, nobody, they didn't pay me to speak. I paid for my hotel room. Mm -hmm. You know, I paid to, you know, I didn't have to, I live near there, so I didn't have to pay to get there. But I met so many people and I know how valuable that's going to be to my business. Mm -hmm. But there are people in my life that will say, great, did you make a lot of money? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they don't understand. They don't understand it. So, so having, and then, and then that might make you second guess yourself. Why yeah. am I doing this? What am I doing? So having people in your life that are in the same, that are in a similar path is, is critical because very unless you have a entrepreneurial family and entrepreneurial friends there's going to be a lot of people in your life that don't understand yeah. I, my dad still is mad at me i think for leaving my job <laughs> you know he doesn't understand it and he was so angry like not yelling in anger but i could tell like yeah. he was he was so angry with me cuz he didn't understand it you know and he, he, he had us to deal with it, right? It is what it is, but it's, it's, so having the people in your life, surrounding yourself with like-minded people, especially people that make, help you think bigger, yeah. right? Because as an entrepreneur, you know, if you have, if you, if you have a corporate job and you're making six figures, that seems like, a, that sounds like a lot of money, but if you're an entrepreneur and you're making six figures, you're like, you're barely, you can, you might as well work at McDonald's. <laughs> You'll have more money in your pocket, right? Because by the time you pay for your equipment and your, you know, and the benefit, your benefits and your healthcare and your, your CRM systems and everything else, you know, that's not as much money. So, so as an entrepreneur, and I see this a lot where people are like, I'm looking to have a six figure year. I'm like, I hope that's enough. You know, I hope that's enough. And I don't mean that to be flip. It's just, I don't want you to, I don't want you to get, to get frustrated and lose hope because you need to think bigger. You need to think about, you know, you need to think about if I want six figures in my pocket, like I had when I had that corporate job as an entrepreneur, I got to be looking at double that maybe. That's, I'm so yeah. glad you said that because it's it's the reality. I mean, it, like you said, six figures barely like keeps the lights on. It keeps every it keeps everything working. It keeps you functioning. Keeps the people that are right. supporting you paid. So it's like it's good. You can run a business, but like you can't live on that, and you can't uh, and you have it, to think bigger. You know, I have to. I, I always think of 10x. You know, how do I 10x this? If yep. my business was to 10x, what would break? Like that's a, just a nice metric that I, just helps me think big. And like you said, being around people where you can share those, and they're like, oh, that's not a crazy thought. That's an or people that yeah. are doing it even better you're like oh okay that's aspirational 
Yeah, it is. It's true. And, you know, I have I am um, one of the things that I am always a big fan of is being in a mastermind, whether it's mm-hmm. paid or free or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in a mastermind. And because we're recording this, it's early December. We're talking a lot about our 2018 goals. Yeah. And you know, they threw a number at me that I haven't figured out how I'm going to meet yet. Like no matter what I do with my products and services, I can't meet that number yet. And that's a good problem to have because mm-hmm. it's making me think bigger. Like what else do I have to do yeah. to meet that number? Like what do I have to do to make that number? So, you know, my family and friends can't do that. You've got to surround yourself with people that are going to, you know, help you really, because I love what I'm doing and I want to keep doing it. So I've got to, you've got to do the business piece of it as well. And and the only way to do that is to have other people in your life that can support you with that. Yeah. It's very inspirational not to harp on that point, but just for the listener, just to to find that person, that group of people, that mastermind that push you to think way beyond uh, what you, you, you would think you're capable of if it was just you. And because they they push you to to just think out of the box, and sometimes the out of the box ideas. Cliff was talking about this as well when we were speaking this week. Like he wrote his goals down. He's he's he has a four step process. I I think it's like uh, have the goal. Uh, you you got to believe in the goal. You got to write it down. You got to tell share it with people, and just yeah. like all the things you need to do. Because a lot of people just have a goal in their mind, and they wonder why they don't make it because you haven't shared it because you haven't told people to hold you accountable right. to it. Right. And then, you know, you can write the goal you want, but have you done the work to see how it's going to, you know, like I said, I can't figure out how I'm going to meet this number they threw at me yet, you know, which means I've got to figure either, you know, I've got to do some work around that. And that's good things for a business to do, you know? I just just had a thought, you know, because I'm always looking to evolve and grow the show. I'm. I could add a segment where I check in with past guests in like six months or like, hey, you mentioned this. And I'm just like, how oh, did you do it? So there's it? my accountability. Huh? Is that what I'm hearing? I got to come back to it, be accountable to you too. I'm, I'll, 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 I'm, I'm going to hold you to holding me to that because I want to be held to it. So. Okay, I'm going to write this. This is the first time ever on Podcast Junkies <laughs> live accountability call. But six months, does that make sense? That works. Okay, that works. So I'm, six months, you, you listen, listeners, you're hearing it here first. In six months, I'll have a where are they now segment. <laughs> I love and, it. And the first one, and the first one that's going to be on is is we're going to have a five minute conversation with Karen and see where she is. Awesome, <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, and that's going to make me hold. That's going to hold wow. me accountable too, because I'm going to remember that. I'm going to write it down and put it on my. I'm going to put your picture on my wall somewhere, that's good. so that I look in scary when I'm like slacking. Six months, five months, four months, three months. Two right. months. So, what was life growing up? Uh, did you grow up in New Jersey? I did grow up in New Jersey. You know, like I grew up in like a Mayberry kind of life. You okay. know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I lived in a little town in New Jersey and uh, my dad was a basketball coach. He was a teacher, but he also was a basketball coach, college basketball as well. So, so that was fun. We had a lot of, which is me and my sister. So we didn't have any boys, but mm-hmm. we definitely did a lot around sports and basketball in my, in our house. And it was fun to grow up going to all the college basketball games and, um, but yeah, just a traditional, you know, everybody in my family is a teacher kind mm. of family in life. And, and that's what I went to school for. And then I remember distinctly coming home from college in the summer and working at a daycare. And I don't know what I was making at the time, but I the teachers that were had their degree were making like $2 an hour more than me. And I was like... Hmm. <laughs> I don't, I'm as much as I love doing this. I can do this for fun on Saturdays, yeah. you know, but I, you know, I kind of like the idea of making money as well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't ever really go into teaching. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of just been in business in some way, shape or form. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very challenging and it's one of the most underappreciated professions and one of the yeah. most important professions. When you think about like the interactions that teachers have with molding the minds of our future generations and and how we treat them and how we pay them it's just like 
I'm sure that's it's a topic for there's probably a podcast just about that topic. I wish. Should be if there's not. There should be if there's not because just, you're right. It is it is so important and um, you know I will I will say you know it's it is at least here in New Jersey it's it, it you know they've got a nice they've got nice retirement packages yeah. and they've got you know and a lot of us don't have that so um, but they worked for that yeah. they worked hard for that and they made less money than a lot of us made to get that retirement package that yeah. they've got now so you know it. it's interesting yeah so who from your uh, I'm curious about. I know you mentioned the the reaction from your father, but what about other friends, other family, who, who is surprised about where you are and where you've ended up right now? You know what? So I had this job that was basically part time. I had four weeks fake paid vacation, two weeks paid sick days, and I was making six figures, yeah. and for this par- basically part time job, and I left it to do. And I had about ten people say, "Can I? Can I get that job?" You know, like, how can I get that job? Can you just get it, give it to me? So yeah. many people thought I was crazy. Yeah. Although I will tell you, there's a few people that I could think about that were saying to me while I was there, why are you still there? Mm. You know, like, why are you still there? So there's people in my life that, you know, that, that got me better than others, I guess. What, what, you know, what, was, and, it, what was it about that, where you were or what you were like putting out that they were asking you or that question about why you're still there? Because they knew that I loved being you know, entrepreneurial and that I, you know, and that I was just in this, you know, and it was great. It was fine, but it was, you know, it was just kind of like a, a, you know, doing a lot of reports yeah. and just stuff I didn't like. I wasn't doing sales. I wasn't meeting with people. I had a crazy long commute, mm. um, which was, which, which was physically taking its toll on me. Um, so that was terrible. And then, so, so most of the, you know, most people didn't really understand that. And most people still don't understand it. Yeah. Most people still don't understand it. They still don't understand, you know, what I do and they don't really need to, right. They yeah. don't really need to, but it is, it, it just wasn't me. And I just wasn't really, it, yeah, that I, you know, not, I wasn't happy there. I wasn't loving what I was doing. I couldn't even imagine myself there for 10 years. The mm. people there were really nice. Yeah, the course. job was great, but I wasn't really being challenged. I wasn't really using my brain at all. I wasn't having, I wasn't being creative at all. Um, in fact, a kind of a funny story. There was one part of my job where I had to, um, I had to do these reports and it was a terrible part of my job. It was like, there was like this funding thing that you had to do all this crazy ass calc. It was awful. And then the staff that worked at the company that provided the funding was, I mean, they were just, there was like a rotating door there. There was new people all the time. They were poorly undertrained. Their systems never worked. It was awful. And after I left there, um, after I left the company and I wasn't doing that job anymore, I took on a new client, a new coaching client. And I didn't really know what her full-time job was, but it turns out she worked at that company. So my phone rings one day and I see that on my caller ID. I was like, Oh my God, how'd they find me? What do they want from me? Like, I can't even, I was like, I was like, and then she answered the phone. And then I, I had to say to her, I said, I have to tell you, if you think I was acting kind of weird when I first answered the phone and I told her like the story, I was like, I had no idea that's where you worked. And she's like, now you know why I need to get out of here, you know, and I need to get more money doing this. And I'm like, I'm right there with you. I'll help you. But it was like, really like it, my, my stomach sunk. I was like, how Mm. did they find me? What do they want from me now? (laughs) You know, um, just so crazy, so crazy, but it wasn't, you know, listen, and it, it, it was, there are people that, are very comfortable with that wanted the security. And I gave away the security. I gave mm-hmm. up a lot of security yeah. for that. Not everybody could do that, but just like a lot of people can't give up the security, I couldn't give up the creativity, you know? So yeah. is that, is that creative streak been consistent uh, for you throughout your life? Um, 
creative in the way that I mean, I'm not creative in an artsy kind of way. Mm-hmm. It's more my brain is always going, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm always I, I like strategy. I like, you know, I mean, that's just the brain that I have. Mm-hmm. I have a really kind of strategic brain. So I I just like to I'm always kind of thinking about the next couple steps down the road, yeah. you know, so I'd find myself like unasked helping people with their businesses. And, mm-hmm. you know, eventually, like I had to get to the point where people I got to a place where people were wanting the wanting my input mm-hmm. as opposed to me like <laughs> offering it, shoving it to people. Yeah. But, you know, I was the kid that was always planning all the carnivals in the summer, you know, and yes. I was always like the organizer. So um, it made sense for me to own my own business and not work for somebody else. Tell me about uh, one of the carnivals you planned. Oh, my gosh. So when I was a kid, I'm going to date myself a little bit here. Um, there was people were there was a lot of people doing carnivals for muscular dystrophy. Mm-hmm. And you would get this little kit from the muscular muscular. Remember, they had the um, I don't know if they still have it. The the raise money a thon and okay. Jerry Lewis oh, was tele- in charge tele- of it. Telephone, telephone yeah. right? Yeah. So the, the Jerry Lewis was in charge of it even way back when. Yeah. And um, they were. They, you would get this little kit from them to do a carnival, and then you would send them all the proceeds from the carnival. So I'd gather up all the neighborhood kids, and you know somebody would be the. I was always the psychic. I liked being the the, the girl with the crystal ball. But somebody, we'd have games, and we'd have you know like all these different things. And the neighbor, the rest of the neighborhood would come. We'd make all our parents come, and you know give us money, and we'd make like eight dollars, and then mail it to muscular dystrophy. And then they would, you would watch for our names to scroll across the bottom oh, on the yeah, telephone. Yeah, that's right. $8. Yeah. Did you yeah. wear, did you wear the turban when you did the psychic reading? I don't think I had a turban. I think I was I definitely don't think I had a turban. <laughs> I don't actually know what I had, but I didn't have a turban. I think of that. Uh, mach- what was that machine in um, Big where they go to the, the, yeah, the Coney yeah, Island? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The that's where I was. That's where it was. I mean, I grew up in Jersey, so near Coney Island, all yeah. the boardwalks, so psychics on the boardwalk and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that was your inspiration. Yeah. So can you can you talk a little bit about the importance of um, maybe like a mentor or someone who's been helpful for you um, along the way? Yeah. So one of the one of the big the big um, motivators for me in, in 2011, I think um, I took Marie Forleo's B School program. Okay. Yeah. And at the time, it was nowhere near as big and as huge as it is now. And it was really my first foray into watching people that were really successful. And what I liked about it was I knew that every single person in that group paid $2,000 to be there. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. So I felt like to me that that put me in a group of people that were motivated and dedicated as opposed to, you know, it was a $29 program and everybody, you know, like easy to put your money in. I knew everybody there was there. And I was watching people that were making tons and tons of money doing this and really serving not just like like there's people that were in b-school at the time amy porterfield was in Mm b-school danielle laporte uh denise duffield thomas these are all people that were in b-school and that's actually where i met jess kufferman where i did this she was in there so there was these people that had these you know really serving the world businesses making a ton of money doing it and it really made me think bigger that's what that's where i learned to think beyond the six figure goal and to you know to think about how to really how to serve as and not just do that so marie's really been a a mentor to me over the years because you know and i and i and what i love about her too is she is really focused she does one thing a year and mm-hmm. she does it really well yeah. i believe she has two programs now she has the copy cure as well as b school now but she does it really well. She she taught me how to find your sweet spot and then dive in and do it really well. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that to me was really was really important and that's what that that was that was the first of my digital mentors online. But you know, I'm a fan of I 
I know what I'm good at and what I'm good at is strategy. I like to, I, I like to help people. I like to talk, right? So I like to blend all of those things. I like to bring people in for things like my podcast editing and things like yeah. that and be able to do that. And like, for example, for this year, one of my goals for 2018 is I just have to get a little bit more organized. I'm really, really organized in my life, but I just need to get organized with my time. Yeah. So Michael Hyatt is is my yeah. you know is my is my shining star for 2018. You know I bought his full focus planner. I'm I want to do his best year ever program, and so I I kind of rotate through people as I have as I feel like I have a need mm. like where I find the biggest need is to achieve whatever I need to achieve in the upcoming year. Like I try to find new people. So again, it's I haven't gotten in there with him yet, but that's kind of what that's who I'm you know kind of focusing on moving forward. And as I as I've gone through the years with my business, different people have kind of come in and out that I've kind of really uh, learned from because yeah. I'm always going to learn. I was not born knowing how to do all this stuff. So I want to learn from the people that do it really well. I don't, you know, that's to important. me, that's the best way for me to learn. And this, what, what I love about that is a lot of times, you know, when I've asked this question in the past and people talk to someone that specifically was in their lives that they know personally, but I love that you're, you're sharing someone who's inspired you so much that she's given you the guidance and she may not even know that, you know, how, how important she, she's been in, in your life. And, and, and I think there's, so there's different flavors, like who do you admire and who's your, like you said, your shining star. And, and, and I love that you, you change the focus as the needs uh, yeah. and your business change too. That's really important. Yeah. Well, and I think, I, I think you need to do that, right? I think you need to do that. I think you need to always be shifting what, I mean, I've, I've, even with business coaches, I had a business coach that I adored mm -hmm. for years, but sometimes it's just time to move on, you know, to, to somebody else. Yeah. You know, shift into it, into, um, into whatever is going to best support you next moving forward, honoring it, right. Honor yeah. it and move on to what the next step is for you. So let's talk a little bit about LinkedIn, because I think it's one of those platforms. It's interesting because the, the, th the thoughts about LinkedIn when you're in corporate and the thoughts about LinkedIn when you're an entrepreneur are, are very different. Yeah. And it's, it's what's so funny is I remember in, in corporate life, you would know when someone lost their job because they would start refreshing their LinkedIn. <laughs> and yes. <they> <laughs> well, that's a challenge. That's really a challenge for me when I do corporate training, because they're like, why on earth would I want to help my people have better LinkedIn profiles so they can get better jobs? Yeah. So I really have to... It's a lot of mindset shifts that work that I have to do with them. Like, you know, first of all, if your people are leaving their job because you help them all with their LinkedIn profile, then you have a bigger problem than LinkedIn. Exactly. You know, but but bigger than that, if I if I'm saying that your your personal brand gets elevated when you have a really strong LinkedIn profile. Imagine if as a corporation, all of your employees have a strong LinkedIn profile mm -hmm. that elevates your business brand, right? So, so I'm a big proponent of corporations really diving in and helping their employees have a strong personal brand, make relationships with the people they're doing business with and dealing with. Um, I think that's really important for corporations, but from a, an entrepreneur perspective, it's invaluable. It's invaluable. It's where the relationships, you know, can get furthered. I mean, and Harry, that actually was how we ended up talking here today, right? Yeah. You know, we connected on LinkedIn. We started to have a little LinkedIn chat. I was, it was Thanksgiving. I was driving and I was listening to your interview with John Lee Dumas. Yeah. And I literally, when I stopped to get gas, I texted you on LinkedIn. I jumped onto that conversation. And I'm like listening to your interview. It's awesome. You know, so, you know, it's how you, you know, so I went to Mapcom and I left there and I connected with people that I met there yeah. and to further the relationships using use LinkedIn to further the relationships. You know, we could use Facebook to do that, but it is a little 
It's different. It is a, it's, it's a little different. It's not, you know, sometimes it's not, sometimes it's a little overstepping, you know, you're mm-hmm. not really ready to be Facebook friends yeah, exactly. yet. <laughs> right? So, so, and you don't know who those people are going to yeah. be that are going to be your Facebook friends out of it. So by using LinkedIn, you can use it to further relationships that yeah. you, you know, to, to further your business. And what I've been doing recently, and, I, and I've been more open to receiving invitations, but what I do is ask, I message folks and say, Hey, thanks for reaching out and connecting. I, can I ask you what prompted you to hit the connect button? I'm always trying to make sure relationships here are adding value. So I, I have a little help with my VA for some of that as well. But, you know, if you're just getting started, that's a nice conversation starter. And, I, and I've had great conversations and even some business that have come out of those introductions. Absolutely. And the most important piece of what you just said is the conversation starter. Yeah. It can, it, there's so many different ways you can start a conversation, but starting a conversation is really the important part. Without having an intention as to what the end is game is going to be with the conversation, right? Just starting a conversation. You never know if you may have a conversation with somebody who says, you need to meet my brother, Joe. He's Mm going to, you know, he really needs help from somebody like you. And maybe you're going to get a warm intro to the biggest client you ever had, right? So you have to go into these conversations with a really open mind about where they're going to end up. And I would like to ask people like, what's your business and who do you serve? Because you know that you want to get the, get it out of them in their own words, because then they may articulate it in a way that's different than what they have on their profile. And some people don't even put it on their profile. I know, I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> have you seen yeah. any, have you seen any use of it that's specifically of 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 help or benefit for podcasting? Absolutely. Absolutely. So for example, if you're listening to podcasts and you love the podcast, jump on LinkedIn, connect with the podcast host, tell them how much you love the podcast, write them a recommendation, right? I listened to your podcast. It was awesome. Blah, 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 blah. You know, and do it strategically, man. Like, what if you want to get on their show? Like, I don't really, you know, for a while I was doing um, a lot of work with realtors. So I was listening to some realtor podcasts, connecting with the host and hope that they were going to have me on their show so I could offer, you know, my free ebook that helps realtors with social media. Right. So, so. But, but I did it in a way where I was being of service to them of course. first. You got to give you know, first. You know, being of service to them first. And really, and genuinely, you know, listen to the podcast. Don't just say, ooh, he's got a podcast. I want listen to the podcast. Make sure they actually have guests. Make sure that you'd actually be a good fit for their guests, you know. And then if you think there is, then, you know, it's a great way to do that. But beyond that, just, and it isn't always just about being a guest on the shows. It's really about if you're a podcaster, right? Using LinkedIn to say that you're a podcaster. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't gone into my LinkedIn profile yet and updated it with all the podcast stuff. The uh-huh. podcast headers in there as of this morning, but the, um, I have to go in and update LinkedIn. I did it at one point, but I pulled it out because I, I'm always changing mine for who, depending on who I'm training yeah. at any given time. But I did a training at one point for, um, Jess Kufferman has podcasting school for women and I did a LinkedIn training for them. Okay. So I went in and added a whole podcaster, thing, even though I only had a really a YouTube channel at the time that was planning to be a podcast and never was. So you definitely can create a, an experience of, of podcast host. And then people look at that differently. Yeah, totally. People look at you as the host. They look at you with influence as opposed to, you know, that guy that has a microphone. I don't really know what he does, but you know, but now you have a show, right? Yeah. So it's valuable. Well, yeah, it's really important. And, and one of the things we do with clients is uh, at, at, when they get to a certain point, probably you know, typically around the three month mark, I'm like, go, go add, go to LinkedIn and add podcast host because you are mm-hmm. a podcast host now <laughs> and, and put that in your profile. So I think it's really important to, to be strategic about the, the types of relationships. And the other thing we do is we post clients episodes on LinkedIn now too. So it's just another way yeah. to introduce people to what you're doing because you, sometimes you have these old 
profiles that started years ago when you're doing something else and now you're introducing it to a whole new audience. And I, I think you just never know like when someone might Absolutely. see it. Yeah. And really it's a top of mind campaign as well, right? You want to, you want to stay top of mind. So if you're posting your episodes in there, it gives people an opportunity to read, to watch them and listen yep. to them, and, you know, very good. Um, really good stuff. Really good stuff. So a couple other couple of questions as we get into the home stretch here, what's something you've changed your mind about recently? Oh, something I've changed my mind about recently. Um, you know what? I mean, like I said to you going into 2018, what I've changed my mind about is working as many hours as I've worked. Mm. I'm really, I'm really, fo- I'm really determined to focus more on my family and my friends and me moving forward and putting a little bit less hours into my business. And it isn't about working harder, it's working smarter, I think. Mm-hmm. So, so that's really what the biggest thing that I've changed my mind about. I am, I am, you know, I am, I turn, I mean, with, with some exceptions, six o'clock, I'm done working, mm, you know, that's, and that's, yeah. that's a huge change from how I've been in the past. Believe me. What's the one most misunderstood thing about you? Oh, you know what? I, because I, I, I'm confident in a lot of areas in my life, but that doesn't mean I don't need your help. <laughs> so feel free to still offer to help, even though I can do things by myself all the time. doesn't mean I need to do them all by myself all the time, you know? So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm more than willing to take your help if somebody'd like to offer some. What's what's been the what's been the best way or best the best approach that's worked where you feel like the person is genuine about their interest in trying to help you out and not like uh, doing it in a condescending way? You know what? Just exactly kind of things we talked about here today, and that goes for personal and business. Just do it. Just yeah. help. Yeah. Just be of service, and it comes back around to you. Don't keep track. Please don't keep track. Don't say it's your turn yeah. to help me. You know, it, when I tell Mike, I have four kids, I tell them it will all be even when I die. Let's not keep track in the middle. Do you know what I mean? We don't have to keep track now. I love you that. Know, just continue to be of service to people and continue to support the people in your life and they'll support you. Well, that's a beautiful bow to this conversation. Uh, so what's the best place for folks to track you down? Well, goodgirlsgetrich.com is yes. my podcast. I would love for you to listen to that. Um, I'm at Karen Yankovich across all social media. KarenYankovich.com is my main website. Easiest place to get me is just go to my website. Everything's linked there. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Karen. This has been an incredibly fun, wide-ranging conversation. And I just, I love that they, I never know where they're going to go. And, and this Yeah, was- <laughs> this was fun. This was great, right? <laughs> Thanks for sharing your time and your, and your wisdom. Thanks so much, Harry. Thank you so much, Karen, for sharing that wealth of information and for coming on this show. It's really interesting to get your take on platforms that a lot of podcasters may not be spending a lot of time on, such as LinkedIn. So I appreciate the fact that we met and that you were able to share that. As always, full show notes are available. Head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash 158 to see all the links we mentioned, summaries, timestamps, tweetable quotes so much good rich information is 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 created on the show notes page and we put a lot of work into it so please check that out uh if there's anything that caught your fancy during the conversation i guarantee it'll be on that page intro and outro music composed by cedar and soil check them out at cedarsoil.com as always don't forget to support our episode sponsors podbean at podbean.com slash podcast junkies and podcast movement Use coupon code PODCASTJUNKIES for your discount July 23rd through the 25th in Philadelphia. Tune in next week for my conversation with Mary Nichols following the MapCon Love, a.k.a. DJ Fusion, host of Fusebox Radio, and a podcaster for a heck of a long time, quite possibly the longest-running podcast slash broadcaster that's been on the show. If you can believe that or not, you won't believe 
at, at what uh, what year she started uh, in radio and then subsequently in podcasting. This is a fantastic story, and uh, I can't wait to, for you to hear more from Mary. If you made it this far, the retention hashtag that you are looking for can be found here. It's going to be LinkedIn Karen, hashtag LinkedIn Karen, and you can tag Karen at Karen Yankovic, that's K-A-R-E-N-Y-A-N-K-O-V-I-C-H, and us at podcast underscore junkies. Don't forget to sign up if you're new to the show, podcastjunkies.com slash eight tools. You get the free PDF of all the eight tools I've used to launch Podcast Junkies. And don't forget, we're always looking for comments, podcastjunkies.com slash speakpipe. Thank you, City of Los Angeles Police Department. <laughs> for that siren and podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes to leave us the review you know you've been meaning to do and now I'm going to guilt you into doing it now see you guys talk to you next week <laughs>